Hi, I'm Sarah McWhorter from Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Sarah Mick on the boards. From points all over California, this is the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. And welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of August 14th, 2011. As always, your Disneyland podcast team is here, Wayne Toygo, Nancy Johnson, Tom Bell, and me, Tony Spatel. In this week's show, we'll have a discussion of the Grand Californian Hotel's signature restaurant, Napa Rose, and a guide to surviving medical emergencies at Disneyland. All that, plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello, podcast team. How are we doing? Hi, boys. Hi, audience. Greetings. All right. This is going to be a great show. We are in rare form tonight, guys. No pressure. And if it's not a great great show, they can give us feedback. If it's not a great show, they'll never hear it. (laughs) No, you can't say that. Okay, do you have any housekeeping? Uh, we got to, of course, thank Sarah McWhorter for our intro today and remind everybody to send in their intros so that they can be on the podcast. And some great news, we now have our own email address. Yay! Yay! You can still email each of the podcast team individually, but if you want to send in your intro, send it to dlpodcast at wdwinfo.com. And can we remind everybody that Sarah is Canadian and that Tom How did that get through? That won't happen again. <laughs> and also, if you have any questions of the podcast team, go ahead and send those in to dlpodcast at wdwnfalls. Also. Yeah. And it, it can be more than questions. It could be it could be great comments on how really we changed like your life. Tony's voice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes. Or Tom's voice or Nancy's voice or Wayne's or I feel like they're my sisters and brothers. They changed my <laughs> life. I don't know. Go for something. Thanks for or laughing, Tom. Has something. Yeah, don't, no, send those to podcast at wdwm.com. <laughs> just leave the DL part off yeah. of it. <laughs> no, just kidding. We like all kinds of feedback because it really does help our show grow. I don't, but that's okay. I'll, I'm willing to grow, but I only like I don't like feedback because then I, I I hurt my my feelings hurt and I cry. But that's You're okay. So and speaking of being sensitive, the, <laughs> nice the, segue. Yeah, thank you. The Tinkerbell Half Marathon. Woo-hoo. I'm training for it, and remember, if we can raise two thousand dollars for Give Kids the World, I will run in wings and a tutu or tutus, if you want to call it that. Well, one, but a tutus. Well, if we plural. get tutuses, then you'll run in the. Yeah, then I'll run two. Yeah, I'll run one too. <laughs> um, so, and if you want to find the link to donate, go to tinyurl.com slash dizrunner, and it will redirect you to the Give Kids the World link so you can help out the kids for this great cause and for there to be internet proof of me wearing wings and a tutu. Two. So, and keep in mind that we are trying to plan a Diz meet for that weekend, so we can all gather together and cheer Tony on. So, more information on that later on when we actually start planning it. And I don't think there's nothing more exciting for everybody else too. After I've ran, run, ran 
13.1 miles, and I'm sweaty and disgusting in wings to give hugs. I just think that would be so nice. Hey, just, it's all part of the love. And I sweat a lot, so I'm just wondering. Oh, I'm just, it's, it's disgusting, but. Okay, any more housekeeping? I actually uh, have quite a bit. I okay. didn't get a real vacation this summer, but I did get out to the Disneyland Resort for several days, Weird. and so I decided to stay. Yeah, well. <laughs> I decided to stay at the Disneyland Hotel this time, and I experienced firsthand the issues with the ongoing construction. First, the construction around the Neverland Pool area has expanded to take up well over half of the entire area in between the towners, towers. Mm-hmm. And there are some pretty heavy construction equipment working inside the hotel area. Now, this wasn't a problem. However, as we pointed out last time, moving around the resort is a bit different as you have to avoid the construction areas. However, the reason I wanted to bring this up is that at least for the moment, there's a significant difference in the view and the noise level from the pool view rooms to the other views available at the resort. I was at first scheduled to go into a pool view room, which I was really excited about at the time, until I actually looked at it and listened to it. After seeing what was going on, I changed and got a downtown Disney view, which I still think is the best view on property. The noise wasn't particularly terrible unless you're a sensitive sleeper, which I am. This is one case where... For a while, a standard view room might be a little better than a pool view room, at least until they finish the major construction over in the pool areas. One of the other things I wanted to mention was about that special fast pass that they have going on for all guests at any of the Disneyland Resort hotels. What you do is you get a special ticket. It's actually similar to a park ticket. You take this ticket and you insert it into a FastPass machine, and it gives you a regular FastPass ticket that's good for right then, and it is good on Star Tours. I think at one point we had a question about, is this worth it? I think it's definitely worth it. Can I add something to that? And from what I understand, the FastPasses are good even after your stay is done. That was what I was going to add. I'm sorry. yeah, it, it's good for what a couple of weeks or so. They ex- um, mine expire September 11th. So that was like almost a month. Yeah. So we just put them in our billfold. We didn't even use them. We just put them in our billfold because we know we're going to be back down. Also, Where no- are you keeping that billfold? Because if you're not <laughs> looking, I might be able to borrow one of those. I could I could see my way through. We actually have an extra ticket because we had an extra person staying with us. Um, oh. I'm looking at the at the offer on on our web page, and it does say fast pack fast pack t- ticket. Sorry, fast, fast pass, passes. Tom. Fast pass tickets are valid through September 11th. So all all the fast pass t- tickets are valid through September 11th. Yep. Sorry. I want to make him drink three beers and then say that fast. I don't think I can. I, I couldn't even say it one time slow. No fear. I also mentioned that I got a downtown Disney view, and my room faced toward the Disneyland area where I could see the Matterhorn and Splash Mountain clearly from my room windows, which also meant I could see the fireworks. Woo-hoo. So one of the nights that I was there, I went to Tangaroa Terrace, got a Yay. takeout meal, 
Yay. Went up to my room, set up a little picnic, and watched the fireworks show from my room. In the hotel, they pipe in the fireworks audio track over the TV. It really is a special experience. Which tower you, were you in, Wayne? The, in what used to be the Dreams Tower, it's the one closest to downtown Disney. It's the now called the Adventure Tower. Really did, was good. Really special. The, did you see the baseball field? Yes, I didn't know that was there. <laughs> On top of ESPN, to hide the air conditioning equipment and stuff that they have on the roof, they've actually got a little top, and it's painted like a baseball field. It was so cool. And one last item that I wanted to bring up from uh, our last show. In my castle piece, I forgot to mention one of the most significant icons that's just in front of the castle. And that's the compass rose that is inset in the castle forecourt area. And team, what does it say around the compass? Team? No, I'm off the hook. Anyone? Anyone? When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. That's it for my housekeeping. Anybody else? Me, I got one last one. I had an interesting experience. I kind of let my annual pass lapse for a little bit. I know, scary bad. You know, it just happens. Anyway, I figured while I was staying at the Grand Californian, because, you know, we're DVC members, so we... We're staying in one of the villas. Um, I went to the front desk to try and go purchase my pass because they said, okay, you, this is what you can do. This is where you can do it because the front desk handles the money. So in case anybody's you know, staying at the hotels and they're wanting to convert their pass, you know, their park hopper pass or whatever, to an annual pass, or they want to renew or they want to buy for the first time, front desk is where you need to go. The only thing is that if you're trying to get a DVC member discount on your annual pass, which is like a $20 discount, um, you cannot actually renew the pass or pay for the pass there. You actually have to go to the main ticket booths in between the two parks, um, just past the security tables, and take care of it there. They're the only ones that can handle that type of transaction. Um, now, one other little tidbit, I don't know if this happened to you guys on your renewals, but my pass now does not have my picture on it. I have one of the brand new passes. Right, yeah. And, and it has one of those new, um, those new little squares that you see on, on everything purchasable these days, which is basically going to eventually replace the barcode. What are those QR code. QR codes. QR code. Okay, so it has a QR code on it, and that QR code is will, what will transmit my photo into the, the little terminal when I go to, um, you know, use my pass at the park. And you can upload your own photo onto the Disneyland Annual Pass Holder website. Now, for those of you who want to upgrade to Premier Pass or... Um, you know, or who are buying a premier pass for the first time, and that's the park, which, the pass which allows you admission into both Disneyland and Disney World on both coasts. Um, if you're trying to do that one, they say within a month or so you should be able to upload a photo for that one because those didn't have photos to begin with. An alternate way to do it is uh, you can have a photo pass photographer take your picture. Yes. 
cool. Now, I've got to add something. I didn't tell anybody about my extra housekeeping here. Oh. Related to the Premier Pass, when I when last time we were at Disneyland, I forgot my son's pass. My wife sometimes takes him. I sometimes take him. And so I went, okay, you know what? I'm going to pay the, I think it's 20 bucks, right? That's what it's, I had heard. It's like 25 bucks in case you forget. Yes, yeah. in case. They but you, uh, they but I found, wait, wait, here's the exciting part. A premier pass. I went up there. I gave him. I had the premier pass, the Orlando and Anaheim one. I showed it to him, and I said, "Okay, is this twenty? You know, how much is going to cost?" I know, and they said, "Well, because you have premier, you don't have to pay." So mm-hmm. I said, "Is this?" They said, "It's your first time." And I said, "Yeah." I thought, "Oh, maybe it's a first time thing." And they said, "No, with these, you don't have to." So my question is, why do I ever even bring my pass? Just leave it here. But and they also included a little ticket. So he could get fast passes too. So that's a little hidden advantage to having a premier pass is if you forget your pass, they will give you a ticket right there and a fast pass. So that was well, pretty for exciting. Seven, for $750, they better. <laughs> how did well, they yeah. verify you? Um, how did they? That's a good his, question. I gotta remember. His, his I pictures showed, in the computer? Oh yeah, they, they looked at, they, 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 um, I showed him my pass. And then they asked Andrew how old he was, and um, they put his name in, and it's in the system. So, yeah, I know, because now I started thinking, is there ways to beat the system? But I think no, because they looked at his picture that was in the computer and matched it with him sitting right there. Nice. And that was just at a regular ticket booth. So that was kind of a surprise. So, again, if you're thinking, well, can I – yeah, spend the 700 bucks just for that that little (laughs) bucks you're going to save. But since we discussed passes – any more housekeeping? Okay, I think that's housekeeping. So next we have the news. Woohoo! Yay! Hey, that's for us. Okay, the news. Tom, you have the news? <laughs> I do. The classic passenger train on the west side of Sunshine Plaza was recently removed with the aid of a 90-ton crane. Disney spokeswoman Betsy Sanchez said the California Zephyr was removed overnight on August 5th put on a flatbed truck, and donated to the Western Pacific Railroad Museum in Portola, California. Walt Disney's love of trains made this donation perfectly fitting, Disneyland Resort President George Calagrita said in a statement. The expansion of Disney California Adventure Park provided the opportunity for us to make this meaningful donation. While the train cars were replicas, the cab used to be an operational locomotive that was part of the famous train line that originally ran from 1949 to 1970. Sanchez said the number on the cab, 804A, was a nod to the last locomotive to lead a westbound California Zephyr into Oakland on March 20, 1970. The railroad museum that this is going to is actually one of several railroad museums in California, and this one in particular is really cool because they have so many real locomotives and cars on display. In fact, the Western Pacific Railroad Museum has railroad locomotives that you can actually drive they have two or three packages which they get you in the cab with a real engineer and you actually get to take the controls of a railroad train and operate it around the yard and i've done that and it's really cool it's it's a blast do you know where portola is 
It's north of the Bay Area, north of San Francisco, north of Sacramento. It's in an area that they call the Feather River Canyon. It's sort of on the way to Reno, but even from that area, you have to get off the main interstate and go north a little bit into the Redwood area. Okay, I'm glad you knew where it was. It's a gorgeous location. It's just very, very pretty. Awesome. Next story. A fun one. The annual cast canoe races at Disneyland began in 1963 when employees challenged one another to a race. Nearly 50 years later, the event has evolved into a gathering with more than 600 Disney employees on 72 teams rowing around the rivers of America in canoes from Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes. August 10th, before the park opened, 12 teams in three divisions competed for bragging rights and medals in front of a crowd of 250 family members and friends. The team started and finished at Davy Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes Dock, one at a time, rowing the quarter-mile lap around Pirate's Lair on Tom Sawyer Island. And, of course, the employees of the Explorer Canoes swept the divisions. (laughs) That seems kind of of unfair. Yeah, doesn't it? Well, you know, don't they, even though they don't have the canoes in service in Florida and the Magic Kingdom, um, and they haven't for years and years and years, I do believe they still do those canoe races there, too. And and it's such an ingrained tradition um, in our park as well as in that one. It's sort of such a cast member bonding experience. I think it's fun. It's a fun ride. Uh, when was the, okay? When, truth be told, when was the last time each one of you guys was on a canoe? On last year. Last year. Yes, last year. Yes, Wayne, score. Yes, last year. But you have to be honest. The reason why we went on the canoes were because we'd taken someone who was anti Disneyland. That were very outdoorsy people, and so this was kind of our out. Okay, we can do kind of outdoorsy stuff at Disneyland, and so that's kind of why. Because normally I wouldn't go. It's, it's cool to be that close to the rivers of America rather than way up top on the steamship yeah. or the, the Columbia. It's neat to be right there in the middle of it all. It's a totally different feel. Until you get splashed with the nasty water. I like that. Now, that water was changed a couple years, and what last year it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I like water getting changed once a year. Not <laughs> in my face, I'm just saying. It's changed all the time. It leaks constantly. Well, yeah. Well, it, it also is circulated through the whole dark water system that runs throughout most of the attractions there. But that's a whole other story for a whole other history segment, right, Wayne? Next news story. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking the same thing, Nancy. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne, no, not to give you another homework assignment or anything. <laughs> I have some documents you can research off of. Uh-oh, she's got blueprints. I do, actually. Sit, Ubu, sit. <laughs> oh my God. That is my, do- my dog, Otto. He's a bearded collie. He is a talker. So I'm surprised that's the first time he's actually... My, my miniature dachshund is just sleeping because she's well-behaved. <laughs> I will totally admit that Otto is never well-behaved. Don't dogs <laughs> take after their owners? I don't They're know. Pa- exactly. I blame the parents. And you, and you know my dog's very high maintenance, so again, I blame the owner. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, final news story. Visits to U.S. Disney theme parks slightly increased in the past three months compared to the same period last year, while revenues increased by more than 10%, according to Walt Disney officials. 
The Easter week holiday falling into the quarter helped to raise attendance by 2% at Disney's California and Florida parks, said Jay Rasulo, chief financial officer for the Walt Disney Company. It's auto. It's out of control, man, this dog. Today, man. Normally he's asleep somewhere. Um, during the conference call, revenue from the parks and resorts rose 12% to $3.2 billion with a B, which Rosulo credited to an increase in guest spending combined with price increases. And one mm. final note, Bob Iker, Disney's CEO, said the attendance jump was led by, listen to this, Anaheim Parks, particularly sparked by the expansion at Disney California Adventure. Yay! No, not, no, yay! Yay, that means it's... I'm not yay, that means it's bigger crowds for me to deal with. Boo! I like uh-huh. it. We I don't want California Adventure when they had no crowds. One, yeah. one other quick uh, part of the story: hotel bookings remained at eighty-one percent, but the average room spending increased by fourteen percent, which means they're raising prices and there aren't as many discounts. Either that, or there's a whole bunch of people who are really tired and having room service. That could be it too. <laughs> and Do you want to share? Do you want to share <laughs> about room service? Oh, I've had some good and some bad. Okay. That's a whole Again, another segment. For another. <laughs> did you have to microwave this room service? Or? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You did have to bring that up <laughs> for the. Okay, I, I got to. Ex- you went there. I got to explain it. <laughs> so we were in a one bedroom villa at the Grand Californian Villas, and chocolate chips. When you put them in the microwave for too long, did you know they ignite? No, I didn't. Never we heard had a little, that. We almost had a little campfire. It wasn't maybe it wasn't as funny of a story as it was when it happened in real life, but we had flaming pancakes. Yes, flaming pan. Oh, okay, flaming I will not make a comment pancakes. about flaming pancakes. Flaming Mickey pancakes. Okay. Anything else with the news? I think that was the news. Anything? That, that's the news. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's the news in air quotes. Okay. Rapid fire, who would like to go first? Let me go first. Somebody, please go first. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> how, do we, how do we get out of this? No, no man. I it's, just want to. Wait, 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 wait. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. Get it? Because of the pancakes. Oh, oh. oh Tony. Oh. That's so, wow, so she's perfect. way more amused than she should be. I know. Hey, we're, I, I said at the beginning of the show, we're all kind of punchy today. Yes, we are. Um, okay. I just wanted to mention um, and plug and other things our coverage of the D23 Expo, which starts Friday, August 19th through Sunday, August 21st. Um, I will be there all three days, as will Wayne and is senior correspondent Dave Parfit, and Corey has set up a web page for us to give you live updates, and you can find that at www.info.com slash d23. Easy to remember. One other thing, we're in a giving mood, so if you find one of us on the convention center floor, give us your screen name or your email address, and when we return, we will draw a name for either a t-shirt or pin and lanyard set. You should probably mention that Dave isn't playing. We can't. Oh, yeah. We can't stop. make. Don't <laughs> stop, Dave. Just one of the four of us. 
But yeah, Tony and I will be there definitely Saturday, right, Tony? I think so. And yes. uh, I, I know I will definitely be there on Saturday. I will probably be the easiest one to find. Because I'm staying down on the convention floor and up in the treasures room for most of it, um, so. But I'm not saying. Uh, no, I think I'll be easier to find because he said on the floor. I just plan on going in there, laying down on the floor. Oh, there you go. Right, and I then think you I, can find me. I think we should probably say just find one of us, one entry per person. Yeah, one entry per person is a good thing. And please don't drive to. Northern Orange County to my house or to Burbank to find Nancy. That doesn't. That's against the rules. You can't yeah. go to the people. You can't go to our houses to find us. No, nope, don't, don't Google us. Don't Google us. But um, also, though, I think it should be mentioned: if you do see one of us and you've already put an entry in, please just come up and say hi. Because we'd love to meet y'all. Except for maybe Tom. Unless you're from Canada. Hey, hey my we have family in Canada. How dare playing. you? That was for How Sarah. How dare you in there? That was you know for Sarah. Canada? Yeah, but you know what Sarah would know? You know that in a Canadian football, if you miss a field goal, you get a point. Oh, I just geez. think that's fun. No, you miss a field goal, you get a point. So, like Very fair. You tried. Just, yes, you tried and you get a point. I know. I just I since you I anytime I can share that with okay, people. Okay, that's my rapid fire. Okay. I'll do one for all the techno geeks out there. Um, interestingly enough, everybody is <laughs> well. You know, everybody's been seeing these in their local malls. These vending machine things that pop have been popping up to sell you everything from skincare to perfume to whatever. And no, most notorious are the Best Buy kiosks. Notorious? Well, do they like hurt people? Notorious? No, they hurt your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. They hurt your wallet, it's fair enough. Well, in downtown Disney, as you get off the tram from the parking garage or as you are getting close to the security when you're walking from the hotels, you will see right smack in the, on the side of the pathway a huge two-unit computer face, you know, touchscreen generate, you know, what do you call it? Touchscreen driven. That's I'm just saying, you said this is for techno geeks. I think calling it the thing with the buttons and the you push them, <laughs> they might know what it's probably called. Well, exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Techno Geek Tony. Best Buy Express <laughs> well, no. Kiosk. Yes. Anyway, you can get any little thing that you left at home or in the car that you don't want to go back for because you're too lazy or whatever, or if your kid forgets their games for their DS. Um, they have a full range of iProducts, Nintendo DS products, um, you know, earbuds, battery things. You name it, it's in there. They're willing to take your money. Okay. And Wayne, you have a rapid fire, correct? I have a, I have a very quick rapid fire. Over at Ride Makers. What are you trying to we- say? <laughs> yeah, Over- I know. Over at Red Makers, we noted that they have a new line of vehicles from the Cars 2 line. We had said that we were missing a car from the character Sally. Well, now Ride Makers has the Sally car, and she looks just great. Actually, I think it's one of the best cars that they have. And yes, she does come with her distinctive rear pinstriping. 
She's Absolutely. available with all of the options, including the remote control option, and she adds to the other cars on the floor of um, Lightning McQueen, Flynn McMissile, and Mater. I was noticing uh, my son and I were at Toys R Us the other day. They also have the ride makers now at Toys R Us. Really? Full, a, a, uh, the Cars 2 versions, except they are just the push-and-go versions, not the remote control versions. And they have them in like little kits where you get the car, you know, the whole, the car and the accessories all, all in one thing. It was kind of cool. Expensive, but cool. And the final rapid fire, and mine is actually rapid for me. Uh, every day in August, yeah. So it's only going to be 45 minutes. Every day in August between the hours of 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. at Hagen Das in downtown Disney, if you have an annual pass, you can take advantage of a special offer where basically it's buy one, get one free, ice cream, dessert, any of that stuff, and you must have your pass to get the discount, and I'm upset that I didn't learn about this August 1st because then I could have eaten it every single day of the month, and since I'm running, it's okay, Nancy. So, um, yeah, between between 10 and 2, you want to have lunch or breakfast with ice cream, well, you mentioned me, I, my eating, so um, in past shows, so... No. Yeah, you need to have your pass to get the See, this is why it's going to take 45 minutes, because I can't just say it. Okay, 10 and 2, buy one, get one free, Haagen-Dazs, AP, done. Yay. That's rapid fire. Yay. And now, yay, and speaking of fires and eating high-fat foods and all that stuff, Nancy's going to share with us her guide into handling medical emergencies at Disneyland. Take it away, Nancy. Thank you, Tony. Now, this was really inspired by some things that have happened to me in the past and which happened to some friends of ours just last week. You know, nobody ever plans on having a medical emergency on vacation. You know, that's what you buy travel insurance for, and I would heartily recommend if you have any qualms about travel insurance, that's certainly going to benefit you in these cases. But... What if you get on vacation, you eat something you don't normally eat, you have an allergic reaction, or you forget your medicines, or run out of your medicines, or have something like a heart problem or a gallbladder issue? You know, those are really serious things that need to be taken into consideration. And especially also if you're traveling with someone that has a previous existing medical condition, it's always a good peace of mind to know how to take care of yourself should the medical condition be aggravated or something like that while you're at the Disney parks. And so I thought I would do a little research um, and then also relate a couple experiences I had. Um, first off, if you're one of those planners that's concerned about things, um, first couple things you can do are before you go. One, look at your insurance plan. Find out if it's a, if they take your insurance in the state or the country you're going to. You know, if they may have certain types of coverage that aren't aren't willing to pay for. If they aren't, that's where travel insurance can certainly come in. Um, like some will pay for an emergency room but not an urgent care, stuff like that. It's better and cheaper to find that out before you go. And when you really need it. I think that also is a big concern on the cruise lines. Yes. Because the cruise line will not take your insurance. Yeah, so if you're doing a combo Disneyland slash um, Disney Wonder vacation, 
that's really good. To but know. Doctor, but isn't Doctor Bricker there? <laughs> thank you, thank you, Tom. There's a love boat reference, guys. Okay, go keep going. Okay, the other thing, which is really completely obvious, and you hear everyone tell you, but it's almost bound to happen. Pack your insurance cards and any medicines that you normally take in your carry-on during your travel, and then transfer it to the bag you keep with you in the parks. Also, if you know you have a stomach that doesn't respond well to that exciting theme park food, especially all that really healthy stuff, um, then, you know, pack your Pepsid, your Pepto-Bismol tablets, Whatever, you know, if you got a bad shoulder from an old football injury and it hurts when you carry your kids too much, bring your Tylenol, your leave, or your slightly heavier pain medicines that a doctor may prescribe. You know, that's number two you can do to prevent problems. Number three, do some research about where all the things are. Now, this I'm going to have a companion blog that's going to go up this week, and I've also printed out some maps and given some links, download a a map or or keep a link to a a PDF with you um, online. Now, if you're staying at a Disneyland Resort hotel, any one of the three owned by Disney, upon check-in, you can actually get copies of a map to all the major hotels and also urgent care clinics, as well as the local pharmacies. So that's good to know, too. So now once you're here in California, you're at at a Disney theme park, say you have a reaction to something while you're in the park. Say you trip over something and fall down and twist an ankle or something like that or whatever other thing you can possibly think of. You see the really high prices and all of a sudden you faint. Exactly. One of the things that they have installed, besides a little first aid station to take care of blisters and all that stuff, is they actually have a full set of nurses on staff in the theme parks, and they develop, are are broken up into little teams that will actually come to you wherever you are located. So, if you're having a problem, don't just go up to, um, say, a janitor walking around because he doesn't have anything to call with. But if you go to a permanent, like a store or an attraction, go to the cast member at the entrance to that and say, look, I need medical help. We're having a situation. Can you please send someone from health services? They will get on the line and a team will come to you if you are not able to go to the team. And there's usually a nurse, a security guard. Um, this was invaluable to me when my daughter, when my youngest daughter was really little. We were over by Grizzly River Rapids. They have this little viewing place. And someone bumped her stroller. I was taking a picture, and someone bumped her stroller behind me, and it went down two flights of stairs, and she landed oh. face down. Oh, my gosh. And was bleeding. She had bit through her lip. They were there in a heartbeat for us. And we're able to take care of everything, stop the bleeding, you know, make sure I was calm and okay. You know, they really were tremendous. And then we went back to first aid. They escorted us back to first aid. Um, and it really went very, very well. So these teams will do what they can for you. Um, another time I was 
really ill at the parking garage. And I found a cast member in the bathroom, cleaning the bathrooms. And I said, look, I'm very sick. I can't drive home. Can you please get somebody? I, I just, I know my blood pressure's going up and I, I can't stop being sick. Um, and my daughter was with me and that cast member was amazing. And I, in fact, wrote up a little thing on her later. But the, the team came. They talked with me. They put me in a van. They took me over to the Disneyland Hotel to get me into air conditioning and until someone could come to pick us up. So they made, they took us someplace where we were comfortable and were able to handle things. So that's for like a day visit, kind of a day visitor thing or if, even if you're a hotel guest in the neighborhood, um, you know, they will take care of you very well on property. They will call 911 if you feel like you need 911. Um, if your condition is such that you think you're going to be able to make it on your own and you don't want 911 involved, um, they will let you know that they will get a cab called for you. Um, and this takes me to step number two. Um, one of our friends was in the hotels. You know, you're in a, you're in a hotel around Disneyland. Um, each different off-property hotel has a different policy. But as far as the Disneyland hotels go, the first questions they're going to ask you if, if you're sick in your room or something, they're going to ask you if you if you want a nurse to come to you. Um, if you feel like you know you've already seen first aid and this is worse, they'll ask you if you want an ambulance. If not, you'll get a cab. Keep in mind, and the cabs are a big thing, especially if you're coming to Disneyland with no transportation of your own and no car. Um, the cab drivers, some of them take cash, some of them take cards. You should really be prepared for cash. And there is an ATM in every hotel near the lobby. So that's a good thing to know. Now, cabs, the closest medical center is UC Irvine. Um, and that is actually the place you're going to want to go if you need surgeries or something like that. Cabs cost about $15 and an, on the average, depending on the route and the time of day. It can cost up to 20 It can cost as low as, like, 13 or 14. So it just depends on which way they have to go based on time of day. The, now, a couple of the hotels near the hospitals actually have shuttles between UC Irvine and the hotel. Um, and this is especially true now if you're having a children's emergency. Children's Hospital Orange County is the next closest. The cab ride to that is probably going to be a little closer to $20 because it's a little farther away. Each of these hospitals have very good reviews. If you need to transfer from Disney to a hospital, a hotel near the hospital, like I said, some of those actually have dedicated shuttles that will take family members back and forth. Some of the hospitals will actually make it so that the family, a family member can sleep in the room with the patient. So that's good to know. How does all of this work if you're just in the park and not at one of the hotels. I know you can go to first aid and they'll take it from there, but it does it work kind of the same way? It does, actually. If, for, if the folks at first aid deem you to need more extensive medical 
um, treatment, they will bring an ambulance in through the backstage because first aid backs into the backstage area. Um, it back into the backstage Tomorrowland, and they actually have a paramedic vehicle on site and a fire vehicle on site, um, but usually they'll just take care of everything and get it for you and and all of that. Disney does not have vehicles to shuttle you to it, the hotel. They don't. They don't take that kind of medical liability. Do you know if they offer any kind of goodwill towards, oh, you had a heart attack, we're going to refund your ticket or anything like that? Or is it, hey, too bad, we'll, we'll take care of you? Or I think that's really on a case-by-case basis. Um, now, the hotel last weekend really stepped up for the folks in extending them room and and helping out with their situation. But I think that really is case-by-case dependent. Okay, and so that goes with, like, what Wayne was kind of questioning, whether they – do they do more whether when you're staying at the hotel versus if you're just a park guest? I mean, we don't know that – we don't – there's not an official answer. You said it's case-by-case. Case. You know, I think it's probably case-by-case case and situation-by-situation. Situation. Now, I've heard of stories where they've done things where they've fed people – They've kind of taken care of people in in that respect. I can't really give you a good answer because, you know, there really is no... There's no official policy. Yeah, I mean... Or I don't that want, we know of. Right. Know I of. don't... Well, I also don't want... You know, it's that same problem with the boards, where people go into the boards and they say, well, you know, I had this situation and I was treated so specially like this. I don't want to present how they're going to respond to each individual person's medical system by saying, well, they're going to do this and create an expectation from our listeners that if something should happen to them, Disney's going to shower all this stuff onto them. No, that's true. That's that's very responsible of you, Nancy. Break a nail, well, get a balloon. <laughs> yeah, no, you know... Huh? And, and I'm sure that some things are done to make people's lives easier. Some people experience things. Some people don't experience things. So you just have to make sure that you know what to ask for. I mean, the Disney policy is we're going to get you a nurse. They're going to ask you certain questions. They're going to take care of you in certain ways. Um, and they're going to try and make sure that they can get as much information as possible. The nursing staff's going to, you know, they don't have prescription medicines to give you. They have over-the-counter medicines to give you in first aid and, and that. Except um, the Club 33. You can get prescription meds at Club 33, right? That's what I've heard. No, that's alcohol you can get at Club 33. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I was a little slow. The, okay. the, key, the key really that... Um, our friends that got sick over the weekend, and and he had actually had to have emergency surgery. They said that the key, because a lot of us don't carry cash, is that you really have to be prepared if you're going to be having an emergency while you're waiting for that cab to take you to the hospital or that ambulance. Make sure somebody in your party goes to an ATM and picks up a bunch of cash. A bunch of cash. Not all hospital cafeterias take debit cards or credit cards. Um, and, you know, you don't want to be stuck. Also, um, 
if you're discharged from UC Irvine over the weekend, they do not have an open outpatient pharmacy on the weekends. So you, once you get back to the hotel, you need to get yourself to the closest pharmacy. There's a CVS about a mile of the mile away from the Disneyland Resort, which is actually within walking distance. But you know, you're going to have to turn around and, and somebody in your party is going to have to leave the patient to go and get the medicine. And her piece of advice was if you take a cab to go to the pharmacy, ask my friend how much it will cost or if it will cost extra if you ask them to wait for you. So just good tips. Um, get the map from the hotel for the things you need and just I hope nobody ever has to use this information that's pretty much it but I thought it was really important enough to kind of put out there thank you very much for helping our listeners with any medical emergencies that they might have and how to prevent them and what they can do to make it easier if they unfortunately have one now on a Happy, a little happier note, <laughs> a lot happier note. Wayne is going to talk with us about Napa Rose. I'll be quiet because I want to say things, but I love. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to be quiet. Napa Rose, please tell us about your experience at Napa Rose, Wayne. Thanks, Tony. Um, I had never been to the Napa Rose restaurant. It's located inside the Grand Californian Resort. And I had an opportunity to go there with some of my close friends, fellow Dizzers, Jeff and Stacy Giovanello, invited me to accompany them one evening for a nice get-together, socialize, and have dinner. And this turned out to be one of the nicest evenings I've ever had on property. This really is a special place. To say this is a signature restaurant, this doesn't even go, come close to expressing what kind of experience going to the Napa Rose is and the kind of time that you can have. So let me start from the beginning. As I was preparing to go there, one of the first things I wanted to know was, well, if I look on the Disney sites and I look at the pictures of the restaurants, I see women in very nice evening wear, and I see gentlemen in coat and tie. I wonder what the dress code is. Called up to the front desk. They said, anything you want to wear except beach attire is okay to wear inside, which was very good. Didn't see too many shorts there, which uh, was surprising, even though it was a very warm day. We all kind of dressed up a little bit anyway, which was kind of fun and nice. But in general, the dress code wasn't a problem at all. I first went to the lounge area, which is in the front of the restaurant. Really nice layout. The tables are spaced wide apart. It gives you a very open, comfortable, receptive feeling. They had a nice fireplace sitting in the middle of the lounge, really good greeting area. In fact, I don't think anyone would have any problem if you wanted to visit just the Napa Rose Lounge and have a cocktail and some friendly conversation. I've my wife and I have actually. You can eat the full menu, well, not the menu itself, yes, you can. but you can order from the menu at the lounge in the lounge. So I've seen families with kids do that. Oh where, yes, we have. <laughs> so you get the kids away from, and I'll ask you about that later. 
Wayne, about the kids, but where you saw kids that were a little more rambunctious in the lounge Mm -hmm. rather than being in the nicer dining room. We were escorted then into one of the dining rooms, and I gather that there are several dining rooms here at the Napa Rose. I'm not exactly sure which one we were in because this was my first time again, but there was a very big picture window that looked out onto some nice landscaping and tables uh, all around overlooking what seemed to be a uh, one of those open preparation kitchen areas. One of the first things that I noticed or that was pointed out for me was that on each table there's a little vase and -hmm. there's a rose in the vase. This is a very special rose created for the restaurant. It is the Napa Rose. Very distinctive. It has a purple uh, purple color on the outside of the flower, and inside is like a slight peach color. It's really very attractive. And then as you notice around the restaurant, there are roses everywhere. Mm -hmm. They are used for the main, like, logo in the silverware, on the rugs, in the inlays, even on the chairs. The rose is actually pretty significant in the wine industry. The rose is used to measure the growth cycle of the grapes, and you use that as an indicator as to how things are progressing along. It's one of the many indicators that a vineyard will use in the production of the wine grapes. We sat down, and without even thinking about it, we immediately felt a relaxed, friendly, open environment. This was so wonderful because not a not a single time during the entire time did we feel rushed or pressured. We really were able to take our time. In fact, we had some lovely conversation. I had met Jeff and, Jeff and Stacy uh, over a year ago. And this was the first time we had actually been together since then. And so we had a lot of catching up to do. The waiters were around. They brought us water. They asked us if we needed anything, but they didn't pressure us at all to place our order and get going. I would describe this as relaxed service. And our waiter, or shall I say service person, what's the correct term these days for? Host. Our host. It's actually... Your host. Who'd you have? John. Mm Mm-hmm. He was wonderful. Wait, wait, wait. Nancy, do you know who John is? Um, (laughs) Like, oh, yes, I know. Like, I've been again, I have to admit, I know one. (laughs) We've been once, and I know the one server, but do you know who John is? I don't want to worry. Just do you know who John is? Yes, actually, I do. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting (laughs) that you know John, because I had Steve. Okay. Can I can I qualify that? And Steve is a nice guy, um, by the way. Do you um, too? I do actually. How I know about Chris. Him. How about Chris with a K? Christopher. Christopher. Yeah, Chris with a K. He actually okay, was the waiter during my um, rehearsal dinner. Okay. He and time Wendy. Out. He... Time out. Napa Rose is not cheap. You. You've already been uh, three times right there with the three different waiters. Now we've been for anniversaries and stuff. How many times have you been to Napa Rose, Nancy? At least 30 or 40. No! Are you kidding me? No, wow. I'm not. Wow, okay, Icky then you discount. know what? From now on, you're paying for everything. Oh, I'm just <laughs> I'm saying. 30 to 40 Napa Rose. You do the math, all right. 
30 to 40. We I thought Napa rose 30 to 40. Wow. Sorry, Wayne. So John was terrific. And actually, as we noticed through the meal, John was looking and watching us, but wasn't bringing himself forward until it looked like we were ready to do something. So he at first came up and asked us if we wanted anything to drink. And then we chatted some more, and they brought out this little bread basket, which was absolutely wonderful. And we chatted a little bit more. And all the time we've got our menus with us, but what I'm trying to express here is I think you can run the timeline for the quickness of your meal and how you want your experience to go. And the service people will go with that. They will largely let you alone if you want that. But every time we thought, you know, okay, we want something, they were right there very attentive. So we started with one of the appetizers, and I don't want to go through every single item on the menu. I just want to point out a couple of the fun things that we had. Now, there were three of us, which is an interestingly odd number for most seatings at dinner. And one of the things that caught our eye is called the Seven Sparkling Sins. Now, this is a platter of... Uh, seven individual appetizer creations that are fairly small. These are like one or two bitefuls, and they were just wonderful. Well, this normally is served for two. So without even us bringing it up, our service person said to us, and because you're a group of three, I'm going to include three of each item instead of two so that each of you can try every item on the platter. And we thought that was just great. And, in fact, this 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 was wonderful. Now, I am not a big seafood person, although it seems like I've mm-hmm. fallen in love with sushi recently. Yay. But many of the items on this platter were actually seafood-based. There was some... Um, there was some crab, there was some salmon, there was some uh, ahi, there was a little bit of scallops. And i got to tell you, we were all flipping over all of this. It was so wonderful. I mentioned that little bread basket. That was sitting off to the side. They had these wonderfully garlic-seasoned flat bread and some nice little rolls that went along with this. And of course, because I'm the Californian, everybody turned to me and said, "Okay, Wayne, you're you. You know, it's Napa Rose. It's California. You gotta order the wine." So I pick, I looked at the wine list, and I'm looking for all my favorite stuff. And they actually have a very extensive wine list, bigger than I would have thought of, especially for a theme park restaurant. Um, and so I picked a a varietal that I thought everyone would like based on we talked, you know, what kinds of things do you like, what kinds of things do you like. And then I brought our server over, and I pointed to a couple and asked his opinion. Well, then I found out later on from Jeff that each one of the service people is actually a trained sommelier. That's that's a person who is trained in wines and wine knowledges specifically for restaurants. This is where the whole pairing thing comes in. And what that does is it allows them to make recommendations if you're unsure or intimidated by this very large wine list. We got a nice Sauvignon Blanc from Napa. It was wonderful. It was really, really great. 
as I said, our server person was extremely attentive, but almost invisible. And again, as we're having appetizers, we knew we would catch him, you know, looking over at us, but we never again, I don't mean to belabor this point, but we never once felt rushed. Yeah. We also were observing some of the other folks who were around the restaurant. For example, the couple who sat next to us, who just came in and ordered water and soup, and that was the only thing they had. Mm-hmm. Bless them if that's the way they want their experience. But what I'm trying to suggest is this is much more than a meal. This is much more than just a let's go have dinner. Our server made the whole meal fun. He made the whole experience wonderful, and that was very definitely a big part of the of the fun that we had, of the time that we had at the Napa Rose. I think it's really interesting how you said the experience, because my wife and I have been there, I think, only three times, but um, for anniversary and birthday, and you leave there, and that's exactly the same. You're almost describing yeah. it exactly the same way we did. My wife was like, that was just such a relaxing, enjoyable experience. The food was incredible, but it was the whole thing. And it's just interesting to yeah. hear someone else say it almost exactly word for word the same way, which shows how good it is that there, that we had almost exactly the same experience. Everything you're saying is almost exactly the same thing that we've had when we went there. I just well, find this, re- this really has to be looked at as something a bit different than sitting down at a casual service place within Disneyland or going to one of your local family restaurants. That is what it is, and we all love doing that for the times we love going there. This is something different. This is something special. As I said, this wasn't even on my radar going there, especially to a hotel restaurant. Yeah. We'll get to my final conclusion at the end, but this was different. This was special. Can I can I add something? Since you mentioned the couple who came in, they had water, they had a bowl of soup, and they left. I've actually been that couple. You know, when I talk about going to that restaurant 30, 40 some odd times, I've lost count how many times we've been to that restaurant. We used to call it the dessert ride. We would come in, have a light snack, have a, have something off the dessert menu. We used to always go and sit at the counter before the counter became the chef's table. And the counter was open. You didn't need a reservation to just pop in. And it can be just as special for that kind of short durational experience. People who don't want to come in and get a whole meal, people who can't afford to come in and get a whole meal, that's a great way to take part in that experience. And I certainly agree. There are many ways to experience this restaurant, and everyone should find the way they want to do it. We'll get to the end, but I'm going to recommend that everybody needs to come by this place at least once. Let me go on to the main dishes. There are two ways to experience the main part of dinner at Napa Rose. One of the principal ways is called the Vintner's Table. What this is described as is the chef's special four-course tasting menu. 
it changes very regularly. It changes seasonally. Sometimes it changes weekly. It is a pre-prepared four-course meal that is that is made especially for that particular time period. They call it a. I'm, I hope I'm going to say this right. A pre-fee menu. It's yes. spelled P-R-I-X-F-I-X-E. Yes, you pronounced it right. It is a. It is a yeah, single exactly. pro, It is a single priced meal experience, and to that you can actually add a flight of four wines to that. That also accompanies that. That's one way to do it. The other way is they have a full selection of regular entrees, sides, and salads that you can create your own experience. We talked about it back and forth a little bit, and we all decided that we were going to go for the create our own. We weren't going to go with the vintner's table this time. My first time, maybe next time. Instead, we went with individual selections. So the first thing was the we just finished the appetizer section. Now we're going to get into the soup and salad section. And here we each kind of chose something different. Well, Jeff and I chose what is apparently, again, one of their signature items, which is the portobello mushroom bisque. My goodness, it is, it is heaven in a bowl. I'm going to say this over and over again. There were so many of these individual dishes that I could have just make this my meal and I'll be happy and I have no complaints. This was a very generous cup of mushroom bisque, mushroom soup. Full flavor, not too heavy, little bits of mushroom chunks in it, just Mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful. It made you smile as you were having this. Jeff and Stacy told me that this particular dish is similar to what they serve at the Artist Point restaurant at the Wilderness Lodge in Disney World. It was wonderful. Now, Stacy had something a little different. She had the heirloom tomato stuff. <gasps> My favorite. Which came out and it just looked gorgeous. This was a work of art. If you can picture on your plate is interlaced stack of sliced tomatoes, each of a different color, making like a little tomato tower. And all of that sitting inside a cool gazpacho like a drizzle. It wasn't really a soup. It was just enough for a little bit of sauce on the bottom of the plate. It looked beautiful and according to Stacy just tasted wonderful also. Nice and light, nice and cool, perfect for the next course. Mm. Now it should be noted here that all of these dishes are local California. In fact, that's one of their prideful things there. All of these items, all of these special creations are all California local dishes made special by the chefs here at Napa Rose. Because of this, this is why the menu changes frequently. As the items come in and out of season, as they vary the menu, it changes frequently. In fact, the menus that we saw online, which were just a couple of months old, were very different once we got to the restaurant itself. 
Chef Andrew hits all of the regular farmer's markets on a regular basis. He works with um, small farm growers to get certain levels and quality of meats that you just can't get anywhere. Sometimes he's the only purchaser of certain types of beef or lamb or, you know, duck. He tries to get the fish um, just as, as from the best buyers and, and even ch- all of his cheeses. Um, there are a couple servers there that are highly trained in cheeses. And they really try to work with small, independent, um, organic growers for everything. So almost all, everything there is organic as well. I think this is going to make a big difference because if you do go back, you're going to see different things on the menu that's going to make it fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. So now it's time. It's time for us to decide what are we going to have for our main course. And we ordered each of these courses separately. We didn't decide what we were wanting all up front and then put in the order and then out it came. We had our menus with us almost the entire time, and we ordered each course separately. That wasn't by intention. That wasn't by design. It's just sort of how it worked out. And John worked with us wonderfully on making that happen for us, according, again, to our own timeline. We had a big discussion about the steak and the filet mignon that was on the menu. I go back and forth as to whether I actually want to order beef in some of these kind of restaurants. I love filet. It's one of my favorite things. And as everyone I think will agree, you do it right, it's heaven. You do it wrong, and it's really disappointing. With the amount of things that were on this menu, I didn't know that I wanted to go that route. So I went something a little more adventurous and I went with what they describe as the pork chop. Now, this was a stuffed pork chop that had a really flavorful, full-bodied, sausage-based stuffing in it. Jeff, on the other hand, went the other route, and he had the sea bass, which Mm. had a lobster ravioli accompanying, and that just (laughs) sounded amazing. And when it came out, of course, when all of these dishes come out, they the presentation is just so much fun, but i got to emphasize that everything was just so flavorful and so wonderful. It just gave you happy mouth. Stacy also went with... You have a new tag. Happy mouth. Wayne, happy mouth, Lego. Stacy also went the seafood route, and she had this, the halibut, which was in a very small shrimp like a broth as, as, as an accompaniment. Now, these dishes, these main course dishes, they're served independently, so you don't get, like we're used to in family restaurants, you don't get sides that come with them. There are sides available, usually three or four. Mm-hmm. And you can order those separately, and believe you me, one side is big enough for the table, especially if you've had soup and salad ahead of time. And then some. We ordered the broccolini, which was, again, I keep saying this, I could have made a meal out of this, and I just don't eat vegetables. Now, this is not your traditional broccoli crowns. 
These are the long stalks of broccoli. They were served in a long, narrow tray. And sprinkled over the top were these little blue cheese croutons. They were tiny little croutons that had a slight, slight blue cheese flavor to them. And a little bit of applewood bacon crumbles. And a just a wonderful, light, creamy, cheesy dressing that was just kind of drizzled all over. It was wonderful. And for all of us, it, it was a wonderful accessory to what all of us were having. We were so pleased. I was surprised at the portions. Overall, the portions were very nice and very generous. And I got to tell you, we were all stuffed by the end of the meal. But wait, we can't complete dinner without a dessert course. And, and even they have though some good we, ones. Even though we were kind of full and whatever, you read through what they bring you on the dessert menu, and they just look wonderful. So I went with the simple. I went with, you're going to laugh, I went with a single scoop of strawberry ice cream. Oh, yeah. Well, heaven, and this wasn't this wasn't your regular grocery store ice cream either. Nope, they make Ac- it all right there. According to Jeff, who ordered two scoops of the strawberry sorbet, they make both the ice cream and the sorbets on site. The yes, dessert they do. chef at the restaurant is responsible for creating all of these things from scratch. And let me tell you, it shows. The quality is there. The flavors are full and and vibrant, and it's just amazing. Jeff's strawberry sorbet came with berries on the side. He got strawberries and blackberries and raspberries, and it just looked wonderful. But then Stacy topped us all. Stacy ordered the chocolate bar. This comes on a small plate with sections in it, and you get a couple of different items. One of the items is this very rich, thin, fudgy-style chocolate bar that has a small raspberry filling in it. And sitting next to that is like a chocolate cake. I'm going to call it a pop. In fact, I think that's actually the name of it. Yeah, and that's a big trend in desserts right now is doing cake pops. And it comes with a chocolate icing that's drizzled all over the top of it. Stacy said it was wonderful. Everything was just there was there was nothing at all that we could complain about this entire menu. It was just wonderful from start to end. We had the best time with it, but Food aside, I got to tell you that what made this the best was take your friends, take your loved ones, turn this into something very special. This could be a wonderful, very romantic experience for two, Mm -hmm. or in our case, just the perfect venue for old friends to get together and share fun times. I would compare this to one of those special tours that you can get around the park or around Disney World, or, for example, one of those special excursions, or even like a Segway tour where 
you know, I paid my admission to the park, and my whole reason is I'm going to go ride the rides and see the shows and watch the fireworks and all that kind of stuff. And maybe I'm going to add on a something. This is an add-on of something, because as we've said, this is not exactly cheap. But if you look at it as you are paying for an experience, and by the way, you get this great meal with it, I think you will just, you will have the best time. If you go with the pre-fee menu, that right now is priced at $90 per person. If you add the wine flights, that's going to add another $45 per person. That's just the four-course meal, and then you might want to add other things onto that. The main courses run anywhere from the mid-30s to a little over $40 per main course item. Soups and salads are going to be anywhere from $10 to $15. Desserts run from... Three to six dollars up to ten or twelve dollars. It's going to be very easy to get to a hundred dollars or more per person by the time you're all finished. Wouldn't trade it for the world. Wouldn't trade the experience with my friends for the world. This was absolutely the best. As I said, this was my first time going to the Napa Rose. Previously, I really didn't think this was the kind of restaurant I like. Not because I don't do these kinds of restaurants, but it just wasn't on my radar for going to Disneyland. I am so glad now that I got <laughs> to go, and I will. this will definitely be on my favorites list for when I visit with friends. Yeah. I recommend it highly, and I know you will find it wonderful also. And I think Nancy and I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. It's a great restaurant, and it's a great experience. And I think that'll do it for this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. 